eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, H-Town Hoops Podcast. Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane here coming off of the, the start of the Rockets road trip. Uh, they dropped two games in a row to the Denver Nuggets. Neither one of those games particularly competitive or or noteworthy in terms of the Rockets and their performance. Uh, the most recent one on Wednesday night, 120 to 100. Um, just a, another... Uh, I would say out outclassing of the Rockets is a, is a way that I would describe it. Um, the the thing that stood out to me, Adam, and we'll get your thoughts here. The thing that stood out to me most about this game was just how much more energy and, and how much more effort that I ended up seeing from the Nuggets early on in the game, and I felt like that set the tone, and that the, the Rockets were never really able to respond or or to recover from that. What was sort of your biggest takeaway from these first couple of games or from these couple of games against the Nuggets? I mean, you can throw away Monday's game. You know, it, you're going to have those types of games when you're a young team and you're you're facing a really good Denver team. And, you know, Denver offensively is a well-oiled machine and they look like it on Monday. Today's game is just bad. I mean, that's really all you can say. It was uncompetitive. It was uninspiring. You know, you can use all those different words. And what... If I'm the Rockets, what I'm frustrated about is you gave up 40-something points in the first quarter on Monday. And this Denver team, it's not like they were doing anything different today. They ran the same stuff tonight that they ran on Monday, yet you still give up another – you still have another 40-something point first quarter. So they did not adapt to anything. They showed absolutely nothing. They showed no fight. Denver did whatever it wanted offensively. I mean, you look, especially the first, the second half is a wash. The second half is just whatever. You're when when you're up by thirty, you're not, you know, you're going to give away some stuff at that point. Denver rarely even they did they didn't have to work for shots. They got whatever shots they wanted. Uh, the shot clock rarely got below ten because that first action they were able to get whatever they wanted just off of that. So the Rockets didn't even make Denver get into the second and third actions. That's how uncompetitive it was today. And that's a really disappointing effort, just flat out. Yeah, yeah, Adam. I can remember pregame. Maybe it was Mario Eli in the in the pregame. She was one of the analysts on AT and T Sportsnet that was mentioning how important it would be to make others beat you, other than the top two guys. 
because the first game, Monday night's game, was a story of, you know, Jamal Murray in the first half and then Nikola Jokic, I think, had the th- uh, 16 points in the third quarter or something like that. Um, and so it was basically his story in the second half. And, you know, the idea was make other guys beat you, but it, it didn't matter who had the ball. That was the, well, at least on Wednesday night, right? The, the tonight's game, it didn't matter who had the ball. The Rockets did not seem like, and this, I guess this is a disappointing part about it too, Adam, was that it seemed like they were making strides defensively. It seemed like they had kind of shown themselves, forget the rest of us, it seemed like they had kind of shown themselves what kind of team they could be and what their potential was, or at least how much, I should say it like this, at least how much they need their defense to spark their offense. Um, And this could just be a matter, you tell me what you think, this could be a matter of just a talent gap, but to me, it goes a little bit beyond that. Like there were, there were just moments that were just like you said, whatever adjective you want to use, or there were uninspiring that felt like you could have gotten more, should have been getting more from these guys. No, it's it's a talent gap. It's an experience gap. It's a hey, they know how to run their stuff really well, but you can make up for some of that, and that's right. just by energy and effort. And I don't feel like they had any of that. And the defense, like you said, the defense a lot of times is what can spark your offense. And the fact that they get no stops, it means they don't get out and run. And so I think they wound up at one, they had what, two fast break points. I don't know what they finished up with, but I think at some point in the fourth quarter, it was only two. They're not winning games that way. They're not going to be successful if they only have two fast break points. The half court offense just isn't good enough. And it's not supposed to be good enough because they're all, you got everybody on the floor is 19 and 20 years old. So it's uh it's just disappointing that they didn't you know, they their whole thing is we want to be hard to play we want teams to have to feel it when they play against us and they were easy to play today it's really that simple where the nuggets went in with a game plan they executed that game plan to a t and the rockets offered absolutely no resistance again this is just i i think this is one of the more disappointing games that i think they've had all season long there, there are a couple and you're going to have games like that, but for it to be the second game of this little cluster mm-hmm. where you just saw these guys, you just saw these guys two nights ago, you had a practice in between. I believe they had a shoot around today. Also, you knew exactly what they were going to run. You knew everything that they were going to do offensively and you offered no resistance, no resistance towards it. I mean, everything Denver did was with a purpose on the offensive end of the floor and the Rockets did nothing to try and slow it down. It's just, if, if I'm Steven Silas and I'm watching the film of tonight's game, just the defensive stuff alone. I, I'm just really disappointed in what I saw. It was nine fast break points. They finished with nine fast break points compared to Denver's 26. That's not going to get it done, especially not I, for the Rockets. And I, I'd be, I'd have to go check the game book, but I imagine most of those fast break points were in the fourth quarter when the game didn't matter at that point. Yeah. Right? Well, you mentioned, you mentioned how it was like what two or three or whatever it was in, 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 in you know, early on in the game or, or, I mean, damn near halfway through the game. So, uh, so yeah, it would have to, it would have to have been. And even, even if so, nine, nine, that's not going to get it done, especially when your opponent's putting up 26 uh, fast break points. So, yeah, so, so that's, 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 that's super disappointing. Yeah. I, there's, you know, we, we, we plan this thing out and there's just not a whole lot to say about this game and really about the last two. And, and what's tough. And we, we, we talked about this on, on the show Sunday night. They they really needed to get those two wins against Oklahoma City and Atlanta, and they did because yep. you know they they went into those two games at what three and fourteen or whatever it was, yep. and so they needed to get you know they they go into this trip five and fourteen. So 
you know, they're five and five and 16 at this point. I mean, if they don't get those two over the weekend, then you're sitting here at what three and 18. I'm trying to do math in my head. It doesn't always work, but I mean, that's just five and 16 is bad. Um, it's, it's just, it's a good thing that it's not three and 18 at this point. Um, yeah, just really disappointing with two really tough games coming up after this. I mean, you, 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 you lay two defensive eggs in Denver and now you have to go to Phoenix, another great offensive team on the road, and they've been great um, at, at home all season. And they execute them. I mean, Devin Booker scored fifty tonight, and probably could have had a whole lot more than that. And then after that, you go to Golden State, and guess what? They know how to execute their stuff pretty well because you just saw it a couple of weeks ago. So they're going to have to bring a whole lot more defensively over the next couple of games. Otherwise, those could be really ugly performances. Yeah, Adam, and losing is one thing. Like we've talked about this a lot too. Like the Losing, unfortunately, is the expectation. Maybe that's not the 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 internal expectation. I think it is to to a large degree, even if they don't want to say it. But like losing, at the very least, is something that we expect them to do a lot of. So that's that's not the the most frustrating or disappointing part of it that they lost these two games and that they likely or you know more than likely will lose the next two. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law it's the way that they lost. I know one thing, and especially Wednesday night in particular, I know one thing that stood out to me, and, and maybe this is easy because of who he is and it's, and it's low-hanging fruit some, in, in some ways, but it, to me it's relevant because the last time we talked, we talked about the maturation of Jalen Green and how great he had looked over those couple of games that they won. And these are back-to-back, not necessarily, not great Jalen Green games. And I go back to more so the first one, even Monday, thinking, I mean, immediately, Adam, watching that game, I'm like, he make, he takes a couple questionable shots early on in the game where I'm like, I don't think you needed that. I think you could have done better than that, gotten a better shot, kind of settled there. And I'm thinking, man, we were just talking about, like, we literally just published episodes about his maturation and how great he had been the last couple of games. And, and that's going to happen still, too. Like, even as we were having that conversation, we understand he's – 20 or whatever he is at this point and like this is going to be part of the process he won't be necessarily great every night immediately and all of that but for me that was the more disappointing part that Jalen Green wasn't sort of didn't play up to the level that we had seen him play uh the previous couple of games what would you say was the maybe the worst moment or the worst thing about these couple of games that we watched against them to me it's just the you saw these guys you gave up 40 something points on Monday you saw these guys again and then you give up 44 points the next game. That's what's yeah. most – That's to me, that's the worst moment. It's just how bad the defense was in this game and how you, you just saw it. You literally just saw it two nights before. They didn't change anything. It was basically the exact same players on the floor, and you offered absolutely no resistance. You, you showed no improvement at all. And you had a lot of room to improve after Monday, and you didn't show it at all. And you bring up Green. The fast break points through three quarters, 19-2. to two. And if, if they he can't – they can't be successful. He can't be successful 
if they're playing in the half court the entire game. And that's what tonight was because they could not get any stops. So they're having to take the ball out from under their own basket. Denver is Denver's not a great defensive team, but anybody can play defense when you have a chance to set up your defense. And that's what Denver was able to do. And the Rockets did not work hard for shots. They took, they, they settled, like you said, they settled for the first okay shot that they had. And that's what it, again, it's just, it's just disappointing. It's disappointing that that's what you see after the, you get drubbed the way you did on Monday and you come back with that effort. That's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to, just to reiterate on, on Jalen, I mean, he's five for 15 in that game on Monday and then six for 16 on Wednesday night. So not great shooter nights. This is a bad, like the, so this game here on Wednesday night, at least in the beginning, it seemed like they were somewhat hitting shots. They were just like you said, not putting up any kind of resistance defensively. But then, of course, like their shooting goes to hell uh, eventually. I mean, I'm looking at some of these shooting numbers. Jalen six for sixteen, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. eight for eighteen, Jabari five for Jabari Smith Jr. five for twelve. Um, I mean, just some really poor shooting numbers and shooting percentages. Um, and then, of course, Alperen Shingun. I guess Alperen Shingun's the one, the one guy who I guess had what you might consider a positive. If we're going to go positive, and I don't think that there's much positive. There's it, nothing. There, there's nothing positive to me. Listen, maybe I'm I'm being too hard of a grader here. No, 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 no. You're not. You're you're not. You're not at all. There's there is no positive. I agree with you there. there. There's nothing positive that comes out of these two games in Denver. Just nothing at all. There, there was a, a social media video that they put up of Shingun and Boban getting in a snowball fight. I think that's the that's the highlight of the of the seventy two hours in Denver. Well, well, and, and that's actually where I was going with it. Not not to the Boban and uh, Shingun snowball fight, which is uh, cute and adorable, and would be I guess be a positive thing because it's cute and adorable. But another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the thing that, that made its rounds, like, you know what I'm talking about, Adam. The talk of of Rockets Twitter leading up to this game, at least, was one of our colleagues out there got uh, Nikola Jokic to comment on Alperen Shingun, his game. Um, obviously, we know that that Alpi has patented some of his game. You see some of the similarities in, in their game and the two guys' game, and obviously, he's patented some of the, some of his game. Um, after Nikola Jokic, but the, you know, the quote that came out of there and the big thing that everybody was talking about, I know I must have seen it a thousand, not a thousand, but at least like 50 times on Twitter between Monday and Wednesday was Nikola Jokic saying that the Rockets should more, should run more of their offense through Alperin Shingun. So let's just use that as an opportunity to piggyback off the conversation we were having about Al P the last time that we talked and where he fits into the grander scheme of things for the Rockets. And I'll just ask you this. Do you agree with the two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic, that the Rockets should run more of their offense throughout Al Shingun, or was that one of those moments where the opposing player is just saying something good about his opponent because he was asked about him? To me, it depends on who's on the floor. 
So if it's with that starting unit and it's with Porter and Green, then no. I want the ball in the hands of the two guards who are your probably your two best players, at least in the case of Green. If it's a bench unit, then the equation changes a little bit. And that's why I kind of liked how Steven Silas had this the, the rotation set up at the start of the year where it was Bruno Fernando starting and then Shengun really leading that bench unit with Eric Gordon and Dacian Nix. I like that a little bit more. They want to play fast, and to me – running your offense through a seven footer, you know, whether it's at the elbow or whether it's at the low block, that's only going to slow you down. So I, I get what Jokic is saying. And, and I get what the fans are saying, because you can do a lot of things off of Alperin Shingun, uh, if you do run the offense through him. But personally, I would want, I want the ball in the hands of Jalen Green as much as possible. And if I'm running, you know, the offense through Alperin Shingun as quote unquote, an offensive hub, then the ball's not in Jalen Green's hands nearly as much. So I do think that there's a middle ground that you can have, uh, and that's why I really like Shingun with that bench unit. And I don't know. I, I, honestly, I'm surprised um, that really Fernando hasn't been much of a factor in these two games, especially against Jokic, because I think that they probably could have used Fernando's just defensive presence against Jokic. But I do wonder if at some point, because again, we're talking about the way they're starting games and they're getting just run out of the gym at the start of these games. And I'm not saying that it's on Schengen because it's not, it's not on him, but I do think that they could probably use a little bit more defense with that first unit and then have Schengen off the bench to help run the offense after that. Yeah. Adam, I don't see how there's even a question about it and what you said. Like, I know you, that's you giving your opinion, but if you watch the game, it's pretty damn clear about the shortcomings that Schengen has defensively. I mean, he, I want to say he's in foul trouble early on in both of these games. Now, Steven Silas showed some faith in him because um, I want to let's see, did he get his second? He had he got it was him getting that third foul in the third quarter that really slowed him down in the first game. And then I want to say this Wednesday game he gets the second foul in the first quarter. It's early foul trouble basically, and and Silas shows the faith in him, but. I mean, the fact that he's getting in that early foul trouble, and if you watch how he's getting into it, I mean, it's it it is the shortcomings defensively that we talk about him having, uh, just kind of coming to a head there. I I agree with you on the part about uh, depending on who's in the game uh, more and more. Like, and I've I've been impressed with Shingun's game since day one, but more and more, I'm I'm kind of like getting like I get sold and sold more on it. The more I see it, I'm like. Yeah, you know what? That's real. You know, like, hey, like every time I see it and you want to maybe question like, hey, can, can he really do that? And like he's going toe for toe to toe, I should say, with with Jokic, at least early in the game. And like it's it's impressive. And I get why Jokic, who in offense runs through very well and effectively because he is like the the, you know, grade a version of shingun i get why he might think that and say that like yeah sure the guy who patents his game after me should get the op kind of opportunities that i get yeah you know like that totally makes sense but i'm with you you mentioned Jalen green i would even throw kevin porter jr into that mix um maybe this game or this two game streak not necessarily withstand i would even say still like you want the ball in the hands of those two guys, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. I think KPJ has shown at least that much that he at the very least can't like you want to see more consistency from him. 
But he's showing you that he can be that. I mean, you talked about it on this podcast as well. Him as a guy who uh, who's probably their best passer. Um, the, you know, Shingun, maybe their flashiest passer. But I don't know if we would have said that about Kevin Porter Jr. when they first started this point guard experiment last year. You know, like that's something that he has proven over time that that he's um, that he's sort of that guy. So. um so yeah, I'm I'm with you there on the point on the part about Shingun. And I think one thing standing in Shingun's way is the three point shooting. And um, he was zero for two from deep tonight. He really hasn't taken very many, but for the year he's below. I believe he's now below twenty percent for the year from mm. three. And you saw it where Jokic is playing off of him. They're giving him that shot, and he's either not taking it or not making it. And they were confident last year. They really thought last year that he could become better than a league average shooter. They thought he could get to 35%, no problem. And they thought that he could even get as high as 38% from three. And he's he's really gone backwards in that area of his game. So um, Jokic, you can run an offense through Jokic because he has the three. Mm -hmm. And you have to respect that shot. And with Shengun right now, you don't have to respect that shot. So it gives the defense just a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Jokic can 100% score at every level. And Shengun, not only, like you talk about him going backwards, like, yeah, like that's in the numbers, but you can also see it in him, the confidence, because there's times where I felt where I felt like, even in these couple of games, I want to say, there, where there's been moments where that shot was there, where it's like, hey, go ahead and go ahead and take that, you know, because they're giving it to you. They're probably giving it to him for a reason because they don't think he's going to make it. They don't respect it, but he's not taking it, you know, at times. Um, and so you can see it when he is taking it, the numbers bear it out, and you can even see the hesitation um, from him as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, yeah, real quick, you, to go back to the point that you made about Bruno Fernando, because I'd actually th- forgotten to put this in the, the show prep, but it's a good one because you we had talked about Bruno and you wrote on SportsRadio610.com how his return from his injury could help unlock some of the pick and roll deficiencies that the Rockets have in their offense, how there's just not a lot of it there and how he could help with that. Um, seven minutes in this game on Wednesday, not really much of an impression on the game. You said it surprised you. Uh, you already you already mentioned that, but why do you? Why would you theorize if if so? Like why that may have been? Like I'm I'm trying to figure out why he would get seven minutes to Garuba's fifteen, and obviously uh, Shingun played twenty nine. But I mean, seven minutes. What's that about? You think? I don't know. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because obviously you have the matchup with Jokic. But then when Jokic is off the floor, you have DeAndre Jordan. So there's somebody that he can guard on the floor basically at all times in these two games. So I really, if I were in Denver, I'd be asking that question right now, but obviously we're not, so I can't. But yeah, I I mean, he was was starting games. He started the first two games of the year. 
he started the game that he returned you know, against Atlanta when, when Shingun didn't play. So I, I was wondering, you know, who would start between Shingun and, uh, and Fernando for these two games. And I was shocked that Garuba was the first big off the bench. I thought you might see Garuba more at the four than at the five, but well, that's, it's something just to kind of keep an eye on. I, I thought that I, I really thought that Fernando would be more, much, much more involved in these two games than he actually was because it's, it's kind of hard to play him uh, against Golden State on Sunday. It's going to be hard to play any center against the Warriors Sunday. And, you know, who knows about, you know, Friday's game with Phoenix. I mean, it, it's, that's a really hard team to defend. Hey, H-Town Who's Podcast, you mentioned DeAndre Jordan. Shout out to DeAndre Jordan. I know we're covering the Rockets, but DeAndre Jordan stepping into a time machine on Wednesday night. Wasn't expecting that. The little jam that he got on, was it the putback or was it a, a dump off? I'm trying to remember, but he jammed it over Garuba, and I didn't know he still had the little the little bounce in him that he did. Uh, but that that that's that is Houston's own DeAndre Jordan is worth noting. Uh, still out here. Year 15. Uh, Adam, and that that makes that's got. Look, I know for you and I, the 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 further along we get it is the war, the the older it makes us feel. Like, like so, like uh, full disclosure here. So, so Adam went to is an Indiana guy. Here, since I'm going to go on this tangent, here's another reason to listen to us talk about basketball because of our Indiana ties. Adam obviously uh, went to went to went to school in Indiana. And uh, and my, my dad is from India, is from Gary and is a is a self-proclaimed basketball ac- expert. And since both of us have spent some time in Indiana, we know that the people from Indiana truly and wholeheartedly believe this about themselves uh, to, 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 to be the knowers of all all things basketball. And so, they just beat North Carolina today. Oh, yeah. Did they? Yeah. OK. OK. Easy. Easy win. Easy win. Yeah. Just yeah, easy money. Nothing. N- nothing to it. Um, but so so so, there, so there, there's that part. Shout out to DeAndre Jordan representing H Town, just playing for the wrong squad. Um, but before we get out of here, Adam, I, look, I figure I might as well mention this. We've got Rockets schedule coming up, but I, I figured I'd just ask you since this is the H Town Hoops podcast and it's not specified in the name, we just let everybody know that this is branded and marketed as a, as a Rockets podcast, but. The best college basketball team in the country also resides in H-Town. It is also uh, of Houston, and it's even got – spoke about the Indiana ties, um, and it's even got a Rockets tie because Kelvin Sampson spent some time um, on the Rockets bench as an assistant. I believe I'm pretty sure you were covering the team at that time. You're very familiar with Kelvin and his time uh, in, in, in a number of his multiple stops. Um, so, uh, just, I guess I just asked you if you've, have you been able to catch them? But I tried to watch them the other night, Adam, they had Norfolk state and I don't know if I forgot like what it mean, like how good you must be to be the number one team and what that means when you're playing Norfolk state, or if I forgot like what Norfolk state meant, but I went in that game, like, or went into it, like, I'm gonna watch the number one team in the country on ESPN plus, And it's going to be kind of, it's going to be kind of cool forgetting that. Man, they're gonna annihilate Norfolk State. That's not gonna be worth anybody's time. And sure enough, like a couple of minutes into it, or like if you go like 13 minutes into it, Norfolk State's got like 10 points or something ridiculous like that. It's one of those games where like halfway into a half, a team has less than 15 points, you know, one of those. So how, how much of them have you been able to catch? And what's, what's impressed you? I haven't yet. Um they they play St. Mary's, I believe, this weekend, so I'll catch that. 
and then uh, they they host Bama um, next week at uh, at the Fertitta mm-hmm. Center. So we plan on going to that game. But it's it's a it's a Samson team. It's basically the exact same team that he has had really going back 20 years at Oklahoma, where they defend like crazy, they rebound, and they make shots. It's really it's funny how this is now three different stops for him. You know, going back to to Oklahoma, then the year and a half at Indiana, and now U of H, and they basically play exactly the same. And he gets the same exact results. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable. He's he he's a he's a really good basketball coach. I I, I thought they the Rockets should have hired him uh, when they uh, I mean they almost did. They they interviewed him uh, before they hired Kevin McHale, and I thought that he would have been a good replacement for Mike D'Antoni a couple of years ago, just because of his ties with James Harden and some of the other guys that were on the roster, including um, Eric Gordon, who he recruited to Indiana. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually glad you mentioned that because. Like I, I, I like Steven Silas personally in his demeanor, but it is it is an interesting contrast when you think about where the the pro team is with its coach and where the, the you know the local college team is with is or with, with its because like it's just I mean it's just totally different. It's a totally different feel. Like you feel stability, you know, like this is this guy's program. Um, like unquestioned, you know, um, the success obviously is a big part of that, but, but also like, again, that steady hand and the stability and you just think about it like this, this wouldn't, this would have made sense in a lot of ways. I think you just laid them out pretty well. This would have made sense in a lot of ways for the Rockets. Um, not to say that, like, I don't know for sure. Um, having, having ever talked to Kelvin about whether he would have even been interested in that necessarily, but, um, but I mean, who wouldn't be, you know, if they give you the right money and it's the NBA, like, or maybe he's at a point in his life, you know, older now where, you know, college makes more sense for him. But to me, that is a, that is just an interesting thing to, you know, like when you're, we do this thing with the pro teams where we compare, Oh, look at the Astros success compared to where the Texans and the Rockets are right now. And I like, if I were to isolate it to basketball, I'm like, man, look at where they are with their coaching situation versus um, where the Rockets are with theirs. And and just to bring it back to our Rockets discussion, I'll make this point on, on coaching. The two games that they won at home, you know, against Atlanta and Oklahoma City, the type of games that can save your coach's job, at least prolong your coach from getting fired. The two games that they just played against the Nuggets, the type of games that get your coach fired. Yep. And they've had a few of those now in the last couple of weeks. They had the New Orleans game. Uh, they had this one. They had uh, the game against the Clippers. They've had a few of those games where, you know, if, if you want to get a coach fired, that's how you play. And that's what they did tonight. It was just bad all around. All right, let's get on this, Adam. Any projection or prediction in terms of not like score and result, because that's corny and lame, but in terms of like, seeing something different on Friday and Saturday, Friday, when they, when they face the Suns, this is a road trip again, by the way. So they're on the road against the Suns on the road against the Warriors. Those are back-to-back games, Friday and Saturday. Do you, I mean, do you think that maybe they're a little bit more inspired by, uh, you know, I don't know if this, if these are, but should these, should we call these embarrassing? I don't know. Like, cause they know they're going to lose, but to me, it's the way they lose. Do you feel like they at least, lose with a little more pride or, or give a little bit more fight against Phoenix and Golden State. 
I mean, you can't play with any less fight. So there's <laughs> that. But I, I will say they've played well against the Warriors and Suns going back the last couple of years. I mean, they they all they almost had the Warriors beat a couple times. Steph had to hit a walk-off to beat them um last January. They played the Warriors tough uh here a couple weeks ago. Uh so they at least bring it for those games. But those those two teams are so tough to play. And if they don't bring more intensity, more fight, more, you know, all that stuff, then they've got no chance. And I, I would hope that they compete and they look to at least show that they're a lot better than what they showed the last two games, because the last two games, that's just, those are just unacceptable. I don't care how young you are. I don't care about if you're in a rebuild or if you're trying to win, you can't have games like the last two. That's Adam Spillane. I'm Brandon Scott. This is the H-Town Hoops podcast covering the Rockets, uh, breaking down the games and the team and just their overall trajectory a couple of times a week. Make sure you are subscribing, rating, reviewing, tell your people about it. Fellow Rockets fans, fellow NBA fans, uh, let's help grow this audience, man. And uh, I guess until next time, man, we'll see you guys.